Your Locked On Golden Knights, your daily podcast on the Vegas Golden Knights, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Golden Knights. VGK scores twice in the third period to defeat Toronto 3-1 to at T-Mobile Arena last night. Now on to San Jose for a meeting with the Sharks. Hi again, everyone. I'm Tony Cardasco, along with Chris Golick. We come to you from Las Vegas. I was going to say direct to you, but that sounded like those little flyers. Uh, we're coming direct from Las Vegas to all of you. I am at Tony Dasco on Twitter. Exactly. That is TD Chris G. Chris Pauling. We are at Lockdown VGK. And don't forget to subscribe to our brand new YouTube channel, Lockdown VGK. And so, uh, Chris, VGK now visits SAP Arena as they take on the Sharks tonight. It'll be the tail end of the back to back. The Golden Knights handled matters last night in the front end as uh, they defeat. Uh, Toronto three to one on a couple of third period goals. Really good game. I thought one of the better games, well rounded games, I should say for VGK. Well, two good periods at least. Uh, Chris VGK came out very strong in the game. Um, and we know that Phil Kessel, uh, we thought had his 400th career goal, uh, but that was taken down. A review showed that VGK was offside. They must have had a better angle than what we saw on TV. Uh, so the goal was taken down. And then seconds later, about four minutes into the game, Nick Waugh scores on an assist with uh, Kessel assisting him on the power play. Um, And that penalty was too many men on the ice. And unbeknownst to me, Toronto last year led the league in too many men on the ice with 12 penalties, 12 penalties last season. Uh, Second period, we saw William Nylander score in the third just 42 seconds in, Chandler Stevenson scores. Your man, Michael Amadio, will Cotter ever see the ice again with his first of the season? 3-1, that's the final. Uh, let's get some of your takeaways from last night's game. Fun. Uh, T-Mobile was certainly a nice, rowdy environment. I think my opening tweet for the night was regarding all the blue and, and white of the Toronto Maple Leafs jerseys. And a lot of fun. It was a rowdy, rowdy atmosphere last night. The Maple Leafs fans, they were... Um, Monday did not slow anyone down from um, spiriting. I guess you could. I don't, I don't know what our read is later, so I don't want to get too much into that part. But um, you know, they were they were spiriting. They were in a good mood. They were rowdy. We had one Toronto Maple Leafs fan one section over, maybe two sections over. This guy was just chirping the whole night. And finally, uh, good old Lee, the Golden Knight, comes over and uh, he's trying to. The guy's trying to start a goal Leafs go chance, and Lee right away just fires back with first round exit. <laughs> and it was it was priceless. And another shout out to to Lee, the Golden Knight. He actually came back to the same section in, in the third period. He never makes two trips to the cheap seats, folks. Never. And that's not a knock on on him or the work or the, what the Golden Knights production team does. It's just you know it's a big arena. You only got sixty minutes to do your thing. He made a point to come back last night and get the final word against that Leafs fan. So a, a lot of fun. Something you're not going to catch on TV, folks. That's the type of stuff that I want to try and uh, share with you a little bit. The Kessel goal, that was pretty funny. I'm not going to lie. It was unfortunate it was taken back. Right call, whatever. But Who was offside? Who was offside on that? I play? forgot. I, I caught I caught it. Like I, I was actually guess, looking down tweeting. Take one guess. 
Just, just one guess. Carlson. Carlson. Yeah, you're right. That's who it was. Spoiler. Okay, fine. Spoiler. Fine, fine. So moving on from that, Carlson was offside. I'm over it. Um, it was funny on the so they they do a big celebration for Phil Kessel scoring his 400th goal. They make the announcement, and then the ref goes, "The play is under review." And all of a sudden, you see what happens. Then Kessel gets the assist. You know, 22 seconds later, whatever it is, and uh, PA Bruce, uh, game day Bruce, if you will, the the PA announcer. His voice inflection was just great when he calls the assist. And I sent him a text right afterwards, and we, we had a, a fun, playful exchange about it. But, you know, fun night, good nights, complete-ish night. But, you know, the second period, there is a concern. And I wish I had I, I wish I had attended this game on my credentials because I would have um, found a way to politely ask about what's – what the what Cassidy attributes to the second period. This is now four games in a row. BGK has been outscored in the second period. So that's a concern. The better teams will put VGK away in the second if we can't find a way to overcome that. Back-to-back against um, the San Jose Sharks, who shouldn't outscore us in any of the periods tonight. So hopefully we can right the ship in the second period. And don't look past this one either. Yeah, and a nice rebound appearance last night by Logan Thompson, who stops 22 shots, albeit the post was his friend. You know, his mentor is Marc-Andre Fleury. He should be kissing the post because three times they rang it up there uh, in the game, did Toronto. And, uh, you know, there there were some some moments there. Austin Matthews just, I don't know how he hits the post there, but they had a major scramble in front of the net. What really impressed me, though, was that Logan Thompson just pretty much stood his ground in all those scrambles. And there were many. And and there should have been more scoring on both ends. I know Bruce Cassidy, after the game, said Stevenson himself should have had three or four goals. So you have to credit the, the goaltenders. And defensively, everyone just kind of clearing out from the net. But Logan Thompson, let's talk about his effort last night in the win. I think it was Jesse Granger at The Athletic that was talking with LT after his game against the Kings. And LT answered a question from Jesse, how he prides himself on not giving up on the puck. And if it wasn't Jesse, forgive me, but um, he prides himself on not giving up on the puck, which is a lot like Marc-Andre Fleury does. Um, I think, and I don't have the stats in front of me, I think LT is a little bit of a bigger body than Marc-Andre Fleury. So he doesn't have to sell out as much in those high danger crazy type moments although it was pretty funny uh on the one scramble i think you're alluding to where the puck does go off the post i think i think from the numbers up where it were in the net and lt had his his butt facing the play and it just seems to always happen to goalies like once or twice a game where there's just this crazy moment and yeah somehow that puck rings off the post stays out of the net um all the defensemen all the forwards come in take care of everything and we, we just caught i mean Every morning, me and my son watched the recap of the, of the game, and we were talking about that. And it's just like, how did that happen? You know, it's um, sometimes you're lucky. I mean, you know, you, you do mention the the post was LT's friend. It was not his friend Saturday against Colorado. Two power play goals off the post. So all that's going to find a way to even itself out throughout the season. Um, but Toronto's so much f- firepower. I'm, gra- I'm glad, at least for the moment, it seems like John Tavares is okay. He took yeah. a puck on the inside of his leg. Basically hobbled off, carried by his teammates, if you will. Eh, two shifts off, come right back, put some dirt on it. We're good. I, I love hockey players; they're the best. Yeah, no, that was that was pretty good. It was nice to see him come back there. Of course, you want to see this team play well, and you want to play a team at a hundred percent. 
Uh, one of the areas that Bruce Cassidy touched on after the game last night was that he likes that the goaltender, so in this case last night, was uh, Thompson. He likes that they're starting to catch the puck and then getting it out and starting more or less the outlet and starting to get something going on the rush back the other way. That is a noticeable difference where in the past you might see goaltenders here with VGK just hang on to the puck. I like when they do that because, again, you might catch uh, the defense on the fly. You might catch the defense, as we saw in that second goal, um, the Hague interception. I-, I believe Toronto was on a change, you know, in that goal. So, yeah, I like what they're doing. I like a lot of what they're doing as far as uh, trying to move the puck. So a couple things there. Um, I think part two of um, what you were what you were saying right there was what Cassidy also mentioned about LT's hockey IQ back there. And there's a couple of times where he is basically intentionally saving the puck and having it go over the glass. If it's a weak shot, you can angle it where it just bounces off your blocker and goes over. You might not be able to make a glove save and freeze the puck, but you can make sure it gets out of play without, you know, intentionally shooting the puck over the glass and getting a penalty. And there's a couple times when there were some long times. I think it was a long stretch in the second period. Again, we've talked about this in the past, but a long stretch in the second period where VGK was absolutely, you know, just fatigued and they couldn't get off the ice. And I think it was a lazy shot that came from the side and LT just angles his blocker and gets it up. So it goes out of play. We get a change. Um, I was kind of doing this while you were talking, trying to remember something, but um, Mike Smith, I I believe there was a game in the playoffs, if I'm not mistaken, yes. where um, he caught, I think it was the, was it the flames yeah. in, in yeah, overtime? Yeah, yeah. And yeah, he caught him sleeping yeah. and made a great yeah. pass, and that's uh, we talked who about scored that. the winner. But same, same thing. So yeah, the goalies are not just there to save pucks, folks. The goalies are there to, you know, almost like soccer in a sense, where the goalies kind of manage the game and you know try and you know yell at the players, get them in the right spots, and things like that. But then they're also going to, you know, sometimes be the first, be, be the start of the breakout, right? Be the start of the breakout. Goalies certainly appreciate if you give them a second to play the puck if no one's around. If no one's around and the goalie makes a save, you don't. the ref does not need to blow the whistle instantly. Um, if there's a player coming in, obviously, sure, you're going to you know work it out then. But if there's no one around, the refs usually will give the, the goalies you know a second, half a second to play the puck. And the refs kind of get to know the goalies and what their tendencies are as well. Some goalies aren't going to play the puck no matter who they are. But LT does have the uh, IQ, if you will, to do things like that. And it's just a part of, um, you know, everything kind of coming together. The team seems to be buying in right now. Everyone's on the same page. Cassidy is still giving us great sound bites in the post game about where he feels the team is at, but all in all, it's, um, you know, we're only what, seven, eight games in or something like that, but this is a much better 10, seven games. in. okay. This is a much better start that we anticipated seven games in. We didn't think it was going to be a bad start. But we felt it was going to be a work in progress. And if this is a work in progress right now, just imagine 15 games, what we're going to be saying. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I, I kind of liken it to uh, the pace of play, right, in basketball. And teams that aren't good pace of play aren't winning games. And so, again, if you get that puck out and you start on the rush and your entries are clean, I think you're going to have more success. Cassidy did say that players 1 through 20 – he thought that they were on fire last night. He thought that they played really well. He said that they were on. And then um, one of the other areas that Cassidy uh, talked about, he said, well, two areas. He said that he felt that uh, through the neutral zone, they played very well last night, did the VGK. 
And then he liked uh, the defensive zone play was was pretty good. No doubt. And um, before we you know move on here, I definitely wanted to kind of talk about line three a little bit. So they load up last night. Line one, Stevie, uh, Eichel, and Stone. Awesome chemistry, especially with Stevenson and Eichel last night. Those two on the same line. It was always, you know, what what is uh, Stone and Eichel going to do together? No, I think it's what Stevie and, and uh, what Stevie and Eichel are going to do together. There was the one pass in the third right across. Uh, I mean, I don't know how he got that across to Stevenson. It was probably one of the ones that Cassidy said he should have scored. But um, line two, the Misfits are back together, at least temporarily. And they were they had they had their moments. They had pressure last night. Line th- line f- going to line four, another good line four game. Will carry it. He's going to get one of these goals eventually, folks, where he he go- comes in from the right side and kind of cuts across and goes backhand. But you know, Carrier is creating chances. Line four is doing what line four is supposed to do. Line three is the wild card now. Line three is the line that I am scared, at least for the moment, that could get lost in the shuffle. Not after last night. Line three is now a kind of a hybrid energy, but it's also a skill line because. You know, Amadio and Kessel can bring a level of skill and compliment Howden to kind of just, you know, weather the storm, so to speak. But Kessel had his most, um, borrowing what I believe um, uh, Ryan Wallace said after the game on the VGK postgame report, this was Kessel's most notable, noticeable game as a VGK. Obviously, had the goal that came back, got an assist right away, doing a lot of good things on both sides of the ice. And I'm pointing to something I actually caught in the third period of the game uh, when me and my son watched um, watched the recap this morning, um, well, two things. One, just a great turnover that created um, a scoring chance uh, early on the game. But his on the defensive side, just something small where there was, I think it was in that crazy scramble with LT, if I'm not mistaken. You have Kessel back there kind of behind the net, chipping up on people's sticks and stuff like that, just trying to help make sure that, you know, he's taking away passing lanes and things like that. In um, another instance, doing the same thing, just getting in there, making smart plays, being in the right place. Kessel's taking a little bit of time to find his way right now. And that's, that's to be expected. I mean, you know, Kessel is, um, he's doesn't, uh, it's hard to explain Kessel folks. It's real hard to explain Kessel. You can go on any, any numerous um, Facebook posts right now and, and stuff like that, talking about the record and everything. He's hard to explain, but he's there. He's good. And he's going to get better. And you saw a taste of what I think is is to come with him in the not too distant future. Yeah, the Canadian media yesterday were saying that uh, Kessel was perhaps the most polarizing player that they've had in their history there in Toronto, which I find pretty interesting. Yeah, because I think early in his career, I think people loved him or disliked him for one reason or another. Again, you say things when you're a younger player, you do things when okay, you're fair. a younger player. I don't think that sat well with them. Uh, but uh, VGK, they came into the game, one for their last 11 on the power play, so they broke through. I had the power play goals at one and a half, and I lost by a half a puck. That's what I was thinking, just on mind bets. The grand salami um, didn't hit last night, Tony. <laughs> lost by three. I, I jinxed you. Yeah, I jinxed Lost you. by three. Uh, Austin Matthews had five shots on goal, but four of those shots came in the first period. So that shows you again that defensive intensity. Alex Martinez had uh, Alec Martinez had eight block shots in that game. I called them out. Good save, and Tony. Then, you you would have got beat up for that. Yeah, I I saved myself. And then uh, <laughs> Alex and Alec. Okay, give me a break. Uh, <laughs> and then Eichel six shots on goal in the game. Keegan Colasar was active and had seven shots on net. Line line four. I'm telling you, line. This is, you know, Alec, 
<laughs> going back to last season, line four was the most talked about line in the in the preseason with with DeBoer, which you know that that should tell you you know why he became unemployed temporarily after last season. But line four was the line everyone was most excited about amongst the VGK side. And we only got to see it for a, a very, very, very short time last year. And of course, when Colasar got hurt, um, that's when things went bad against the Sharks that one night. And that was that sort of speak. But line four is very exciting. Line four is an energy line. They're not out there. I mean, they're thumping, they're hitting, but it doesn't excite the crowd the way Reeves did. We have we we have to uh, acknowledge that every time we do talk about line four, but they are score or they are creating opportunities. They are tiring out the other defensemen when our line four is on the defensive side. They're working so hard out there, doing what they can to keep the play to the outside, have low danger chances, and things like that. Our line four is incredibly hard to play against because they create opportunities. You saw how early they scored against the Seattle the other night. And it seems like they pride themselves on creating a high danger scoring chance on that first shift of the game. Um, it's, it's fun to watch. It's exciting. And if it starts clicking, when I mean, you got Nick Waugh centering that line who has a lot of skill, I mean, Nick Waugh is out there on power play one as our line four, or he's on one of the, Power play two, pardon me. He's out there on power play two as a line four center. That should say something right there. And then you got Kolasar, who's out there, you know, he's doing what Kolasar does. He's kind of noticeable, kind of not noticeable, but he is creating opportunities. I was shocked when you said seven shots last night. I had no idea he had that many shots, and I was there. Um, but Will Carrier is probably the most noticeable Will Carrier. Will Carrier. Alec, Alec, Alex Carrier. There you go. Alex Carrier. Will Carrier is probably the most noticeable player on line four. Right? You, you haven't had any hate in a while, Tony, so I'm trying to, I'm trying to Even you know, get out, something going trying to, trying to bounce I'm dangling one. But Will Carrier is very noticeable out there. A lot of fun on that line. And, you know, things things are working right now. Things are working right now. And as I said a few minutes ago, we were concerned about the first, you know, 10 games. We kind of wait and see what happens. And I think, you know, maybe early next week, we'll kind of have a, an overall, not just Cassidy, but an overall progress report about how we feel things are going. Coming up next, uh, we'll take a look as VGK will preview the VGK's game against San Jose, the Sharks in San Jose tonight, tail end of the back-to-back. Back with more after this on Lockdown Golden Knights. Our next partner has a product that I literally use every day. I started taking athletic green, literally. Uh, I started taking athletic greens because uh, really I didn't have time to eat a full meal in the morning, particularly needed more energy. Um, it optimized my immune system, all those things. And now I've been on it for a few months and I really do love it. It doesn't taste like it's super healthy or chalky or anything like that. It has this mild and tropical taste. I actually look forward to each and every morning. So what is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you are absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day off right. Special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy recovery focus, and aging, all the things. And it really does help me to sleep much better. And uh, again, send it to your family if you have it. Uh, turn people on to this product. It's really good and it's lifestyle friendly. Um, again, it contains one, uh, less than one gram of sugar, I should say. No GMOs, no nasty chemicals, no artificial or anything, really. Uh, it still tastes good and it does support better sleep quality, 
recovery supports the best things. And of course, they do use the best of the best products based on the latest science. So there are a lot of testimonials about Athletic Greens, over 7,000 five-star reviews recommended by professional athletes, trusted by leading health experts, and so on. For every purchase, they also donate uh, money to organizations like No Kid Hungry here in the U.S. So they do a lot of really good things. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five, five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Again, athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership over your health and to pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Welcome back to Locked On Golden Knights. Tony Cardasco, Chris Golick from Las Vegas. Thank you for making us your first listen each and every day. What's number five? There was five things in um, in your read. Five. Five. I was complimenting you. Oh, thanks. Thank you so much. Uh, a little shaky on that read this morning, but tonight we've got uh, the speaking, San Jose Sharks. Speaking of shaky, we got the San Jose Sharks. Keep oh, going. I know this is one of your favorite teams throughout the NHL. Maybe one of your favorite sports teams, period. Uh, two and five. They come out of the shoot, but they have wins over the Flyers over the weekend, and they defeated... <laughs> They beat my Rangers in New York, which really ticked me off. And uh, in the recent win, the Sharks, James Reimer, 30 saves in that game. They're getting better goaltending these days. Eric Carlson scored. Uh, Steven Lorenz scored. Nico Sturm. Isn't Nico Sturm the player that uh, Cotter upended in that preseason game? I think so. Big, big guy. Yeah. In any event, sure. <laughs> San Jose hasn't uh, beaten VGK or they, uh, they have – they hadn't beaten uh, the VGK at the SAP Center uh, since Mark Andre Fleury was in net. Seven straight VGK wins there um, in San Jose. Uh, that was the Barkley Goudreau goal. Of course, we know well documented game seven, 2019, 2019 now. Holy smokes. In any event. So, uh, but that April 24th game of a season ago here in Las Vegas is one that really um, is the one that VGK wants to atone for, let's say. Uh, they lost 5-4 in the shootout. And, uh, again, they played the role of spoiler as VGK was making a late playoff run. VGK led in that game 4-2, to two, Chris. Again, two minutes remaining. They get the two goals. Uh, Timo Meyer ties the game, the equalizer, with .9 seconds remaining on the clock. They send it to OT. Thomas Bordalo with the game winner. And then I remember before that game uh, where Timo Meyer, Timo Meyer said he called it the biggest game of the year for the Sharks. So is that Bordalo? Did they, did they hang that banner with Bordalo's name on it up there at the SAP center? Way too much Sharks talk, Tony. It was way too long. We got to, we got to work on that. We got to work on our scripting for the next show, but um. Just looking back here, I'll get to your comments in a second, but just looking at the schedule, you, you've been very um, uh, vocal about the Golden Knights scheduling and kind of how they've had a lot of teams on back-to-backs and stuff like that. VGK has a back-to-back now, that we're, obviously, but looking at the schedule, this is their seventh or eighth game, but... They don't have to travel to another time zone, Mr. Golic. No, no, but what I'm, what I'm getting at here is okay. San Jose's had a rough start, though. San Jose plays their first two games overseas, I believe, or no... 
Yeah. yeah. They yeah, play yeah. their first two games overseas. Against Nashville, and it ruined both of those teams, I think. <laughs> they get two home games in a row, back-to-back. They lose them both, Carolina and Chicago. And then they go to the East Coast, Islanders, Rangers, Devils, Flyers, and now they're back. So this is the six-game six homestand coming up for you. Yeah, fine. Good, good for them. But this is uh, this is that dreaded first game back from the road trip for the San Jose Sharks. So this is always um, a trappy type game for the home team. I know BGK is on the backside of their back-to-back, but you're going to have a pumped-up team, right? They're going. This is this is their Super Bowl, right? The few times that the Golden Knights visit uh, visit San Jose. This is this reminds me of when the Blackhawks were an absolutely, for lack of a better term garbage product on the ice yes i said garbage product i compared that to the san jose shark they were a garbage product on the ice they were not doing well from basically 2001 to you know 2006 or so then enter taves and kane and the rest is history for the last 15 years but the detroit red wings whenever the detroit red wings came it was the super bowl the united center would go from eight thousand people to a sell-up uh jeremy piven actor uh very famously they had it was a real fun advertisement. I'll bet you can find this on YouTube. It was Jeremy Piven talking about being at the Blackhawks games, going with his dad and all the excitement. And then all of a sudden he just yells, Detroit sucks. And that started the Detroit sucks chance. So where I'm going with this is, you know, the Blackhawks always got up whenever the Red Wings came, the fans always came and it was exciting. It was a fun time there. And this is a similar environment for the San Jose Sharks. Um, not a lot to be excited for in San Jose. They finally have started their rebuild, which is a good thing for them. It's good that they'll become more competitive 10, 12, 13 years down the road from now. So we'll see how um, how that shakes out. And VGK has got to be ready for this game. All kidding aside, VGK does need to be ready for this game. They are on the back-to-back. San Jose will have a fun crowd tonight. They'll be excited. Obviously, uh, they haven't forgotten about not a major any more than we have in, in that moment. And there's a banner somewhere up in the rafters, maybe two. So VGK has got to be ready. They got to get out with two points. And then uh, are we off all the way until Friday then? Yeah, they'll, they'll be off until Friday. Okay, off until Friday for the matinee. And, I mean, this is a yeah. real big chance to you get the one-game road trip. You go, you win, you come back, you reset, and uh, get ready for, uh, you know, two more games. I mean, we could get could be an eight-point week, Tony. That's huge. Uh, the top line for the Sharks of Tomas Hurdle, uh, Timo Meyer, and Alexander Barabanov uh, struggling right now. They just have uh, that line. And, the, well, the two players, Hurdle and Meyer, just with three assists. And uh, they combined for 140 points last season. So you don't want them, you know, to, to break out. Um, and then again, you know, you see where uh, Meyer's not even scored. He's not even scored so far this season. So that's of a concern there because you don't want them to start scoring goals in this game. Uh, the Sharks are just two for 25 on the power play. So that's not good, you know, for them. Uh, they are getting good goaltending. I, I talked a little bit about that, but Reimer and Kapokakinen, um have done pretty well. Um, I think it was Reimer, yeah, he saved 34 of 36 shots on that against the Devils. And that was a pretty good outing for him. Um, and so, you know, VGK, uh, tonight we'll see Aiden Hill. You'd have to imagine any other lineup changes. Does Paul Cotter come back or no? Will they just stick with Amadio? Oh, I stick with Amadio, no doubt. Um, the only thing is you watch for the line combinations. I don't think anything changes 
with the line combos. I mean, you have a winning lineup now, and you had a good lineup against Colorado, too. Just couldn't uh, slam the door in that second period, unfortunately. But note, outside of Aiden Hill, unless something happens with health or something like that, something we didn't see in a game in the game last night where someone got hurt and needs a, needs a rest day or something like that. But same lineup, same everything. Line four, you know, start the game and do their thing. I did notice um, just one more observation. There was a time last night when Toronto scored and Cassie didn't come back with line four. I thought that was kind of interesting. It wasn't line four on the ice and maybe they had just taken the, the shift before they want to double shift them or something like that. But, you know, this is a, this is a night where line four needs to do their thing. They need to go out there and thump and, you know, the sharks are going to have a little extra energy and they're going to be thumping a little more tonight. Cause that's what happens when, when Vegas comes to town. So this might be the night where, uh, you know, Colasar and or Carrier might have to drop them and, you know, take care of things. And, uh, you know, maybe, uh, Maybe maybe tonight's prop. Maybe we uh we take the yes on will there be a fights. Maybe we'll take the yes on will there be a fights. I think I might do that right now. There's a prop out there. Okay. Yeah. There 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 is locally. I don't know about um our sponsor, but I'm pretty sure they. I'm pretty sure our sponsor probably is, has a better book than what we have out here because the books out here are not nearly as as good as what other books are. So I'm sure they got it out there too. <laughs> uh, Phil Kessel, game number nine ninety. Uh, tonight, uh, big night for him as he'll break the Ironman record uh, this evening. And <laughs> I'm just curious, what will San Jose do? Like stop the game, give him the puck, or I mean, right after? Oh no, they will. Start. There will definitely be. Uh, all right, uh, you plus, think there'll be a plus, ceremony of sorts? Plus three twenty for yes. Will there be a fight? I just made the bet, by the way. Um, oh no, definitely there. There will certainly. It'll either be during the, at the first whistle of the game or during the first um, commercial stoppage. My guess is at the first whistle after he takes the ice, there will be a, a brief stoppage acknowledging it. Because this is this is history, folks. This is, I mean, we're going to talk about this more in tomorrow's show, obviously, but this is history. This is right up there with Cal Ripken's streak, folks. I know 2,000-something games has a much sexier um, eye appeal to it, like what Cal Ripken did. But Cal Ripken's streak was across 16 years, Phil Kessel streak is across 13 years. And we can argue what's more strenuous on the body, 160 plus baseball games or 80 plus hockey games and playoffs. We'll, we'll save that for tomorrow. But point being, this is a historic moment tonight. Um, I can't wait to see how the team responds to it. Kessel's very liked in the dressing room. Um, uh, in the post game uh, report again yesterday, Ryan Wallace alluded to the second Kessel came on the ice for the pregame skate at city national stick taps and, you know, a big round of applause for him and stuff like that. So Kessel's going to get support. And if for some reason the sharks don't do anything for him, that would just be a terrible miss. Um, but I have to think the league already has something in place to acknowledge this tonight on the ice, the moment it becomes official. Cause this is big. This is exciting. Coming up next, Bill Foley tells Vince Sapienza of TV five, that this is the best VGK team we've ever had. You agree? Back with more after this, Locked On Golden Knights. Welcome back to Locked On Golden Knights. Tony Cardasco and Chris Golick from Las Vegas. Thanks for making Locked On VGK your first listen each and every day. For your second listen, it's game-to-game NHL. Every moment, every top performance, every result. Locked On game-to-game. You can see Chris as he covers every game across the NHL with a number of his compadres and what have you. Follow game-to-game on Lockdown NHL, available on the Odyssey app, on YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel, 
locked on VTK. So uh, Chris Bill Foley says that he still believes it'll be the cup in six. And that's what he said originally way back in the day. He tells Fox 5's uh, Vince Sapienza this week that the Golden Knights currently have the best team they've ever had. Agree or disagree? Disagree. I, I would say last year year's one? team. You no, like last no, year's team. year one. No, I think the year two team was better than the year one team on paper, to be honest with you. But, you know, just unfortunate circumstances. Poor coaching, unfortunate circumstances in season two. We'll, I'll save that for another show. But I think the season five team on paper was better than the season six team. That doesn't mean the season six team is going to have less success than what season five had injuries and, and withstanding. Um, the season six situation is probably better starting with the man behind the bench, Cassidy. So uh, we're in a better situation right now, but I do believe the season five team on paper was a little bit better. Same, same defense, um, but patch ready for Kessel. I'll take patch ready. No disrespect to Kessel. I'll take a healthy ish patch ready to get us there. And I'll take a, I'll take the down off over Paul Cotter, Michael Matteo and stuff like that. No disrespect again, but if we're just going to talk about the paper rosters, um, and, and even on paper, I'll take Robin Leonard, Brassois over Thompson and Aiden Hill for what we know at the time. Not what we know right now, just simply at the time, what would what would have been better if we're going to measure roster versus roster. Uh, Bill Foley said that he gave the boys off this past summer, said that playing together and the yard team that's together. Something interesting that really stood out and perhaps, you know, again, spot on here saying that there were distractions and where were those distractions hmm particularly the goalie situation i think that goalie room i don't think robin leonard ever plays another game here in vegas i'm really starting to feel that that prop should um, be out there I, I i think if we're going to handicap it i think the no would get more juice than the yes okay about what minus 220 sure okay it was distracting you said for the team for the players and it's really been rectified now I think there was a lot more happening uh, in that locker room. Again, uh, no disrespect, to use your terms, uh, to Robin Leonard, but I, I just think that he is a distraction, you know, in every single way, in every way. Um, he said that Cassidy, he absolutely, he calls him Butch, of course, uh, worst nickname in sports or otherwise, said Butch is relentless. He said he's demanding. He wants accountability. Um, he said that he's not that uh, same type of total motivator um, like Gerard Gallant, not completely analytics driven like DeBoer. He's somewhere down the middle. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a very fair statement. And something else that I, I just kind of wanted to go on and talk about, we're here to win. And some people have said, well, it's reckless. It's ruthless. We're here to win. I'm here to bring a, bring a winner to Las Vegas and the Stanley Cup. We're going to continue to be aggressive, do everything we can to put the right players on the ice. I believe we have them. So there you go. I mean, that's a very um, passive way of Bill Foley saying, I don't care. Good good for you. Good for you. There you go. That's a good way to say it. You know, good for you if you don't agree with how we are doing things. I don't care. I'm here to win. And I'm okay with that. I know a lot of fans. There are still many fans. Um, I was on Facebook the other day and someone you know, we're traitors for letting Marc-Andre Fleury go and I'll never support the team. It's like, dude, just just stop it. Just, just go be a Sharks fan. Like, I, I don't know what else to say. Go be a Sharks fan if you want to experience what it's like having a team that's not competitive and they're in a rough spot for a long time. And even when they are competitive, they're not that competitive. 
And so, you know, it's just like, enjoy what we have in Vegas because Vegas is a major hockey market. Call it what it is. Vegas is a major hockey team that's going to compete every year. And people have called them the New York Yankees of uh, the NHL. Fine. Yankees, they, 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 they got a pretty good history. They, they do pretty well, it seems like. And if we want to be compared to the New York Yankees as far as our aggression and our roster composition and the way we spend and chase the shiny new toys, I'm okay with that. Foley, don't change. You do you. And uh, the fans will, all the fans will come around. Yeah, Foley just kind of slides in a few of his comments, right? That have some hidden calculated, meaning. nice and calculated. Yeah, very, very calculated. Uh, they're a together team. Okay. Like as in the past, last season, not together, not together. 100%. I'm just wondering how much influence, how much influence Bill Foley has on this team. I'm really curious to see how much more he's doing now. Uh, with this I guess team. let's, let's see how the soccer team changes, right? <laughs> I don't want another interview with the Cheerio folks over there. Uh, but he, he said that everyone is underestimating this uh, VGK team. I don't feel that they were underestimating them, just like us. There were just too many question marks coming into the season. But I don't know if we've underestimated them. We just had, let's just wait and see, that sort of approach with this VGK team. Sure, but outside of Southern Nevada, everyone is writing them off because they don't know who Logan Thompson is. Aiden Hill, who's that, you know, and that's, I think that's a big part of it. Phil Kessel is 106. They're signing him. You know, that's, I think that's what the rest of the NHL looks at when they think about the golden Knights right now, they don't look at Jack Eichel as the generational talent, which he's starting to maybe show that a little bit and the way he's making other players click and improve and the solid defense that we have. And that's fine. We're, we do well in the underdog role. You know, we've been, we were an underdog once and things went pretty well. We were not an underdog for four years after that. Things didn't go as well. So I'm cool. Let's be the underdog. Let's do it. And I really know that uh, the part of the show that everyone enjoys because they point to us, me, when I make a, a wrong prediction, that's really good. They're talking about accountability, but we're keeping them waiting to the very end of the show for prediction time. I'm going to go with a 5-4 shootout win for San Jose. San Jose, negative 2, Vegas, 167. Truly, give us a prediction. 7-4, seven, seven, seven 7-1 VGK. 7-1 VGK. Okay, we thank you all for tuning in. We're running out of time. We'll get back to it tomorrow morning. Thanks, everyone, for watching us on Twitter and listening to the show, making us your first listen every day. For my man, Chris Golick, I'm Tony Cardasco from Las Vegas. We thank you all for tuning in to Lockdown Golden Knights.